Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. We're back. And uh, this is, man, this is a good episode. I uh, have been uh, watching this project come along for a while now. I've been watching these these guys, these guys and gals grow and kind of also come along for quite a while now. They've had a really interesting path through all of this, uh, uh, having started about what, like two months before the pandemic hit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> January 2020. Uh, you know, it's uh, a great time to start a brewery. <laughs> but it seems like it's all it's all worked out some way. And um, I don't know that uh, if when you guys were opening, uh, if, if you had told me, uh, you guys wouldn't have told me this because I don't think you would have known it either, that uh, within, you know, uh, what, three and a half years... Uh, you would be sitting here in this space, and uh... that was kind of the plan the whole time. We we always wanted to expand into a tap room. Uh, we we didn't expect it to happen within the first four months because of all of our customers getting shut down. We wanted to to use the distribution market to kind of get our name out sure. there first because we were in a little yellow house, and then the goal was always to branch out and expand and have a tap room. So. That's what this is. Um, uh, yeah. So you, I mean, before we get too far into this, uh, if you guys didn't read the thing that you click on to play the podcast, New Wales up in Middletown. Um, I guess technically Fig Leaf is also Middletown. I consider them Monroe. You know, send me your angry emails. You guys are now the <laughs> the Middletown Brewery uh, after yeah. uh, Rolling Mill was uh, forced to kind of close. Um, although I've heard some rumors that there might be something happening there. So but, uh, <laughs> Who'd you get your rumors from? I can't, we can't talk about <laughs> okay. it on here. Right. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, so you guys, you guys start in January. Uh, so you didn't plan on there ever being a tap room in that building? No. Uh, no that was building like, this was, was a, like a stepping stone to, to kick things off. And then from there, get we're going to move to something like that. Was something this size in this that This was kind of like what we wanted to do once we opened a tap room. Um, it just, the timeline of COVID and everything kind of screwed us up. And now we're, we're, we're back on track, I think. This is where we wanted to be. This is about the timeline we wanted to do it. Right. Everything for the past two years, though, having a beer garden and stuff is just icing on the cake at this point. Uh, let's let's run around the table. Everybody introduce yourselves before we get uh, too far into the weeds here. Uh, we'll go this way, this way, and then this way. So I'm, I'm Wes, the brewer, uh, owner, construction manager, procurement, <laughs> operations, everything right sales. Now. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just, I'm, I'm the catch-all. And then uh, to my right is Jeremy. I'll let him introduce himself. Jeremy Lucinus. I'm the owner of uh, Steel City Pizza. We're working out of the... Uh, space off to the right of new oils yeah, essentially right on the tap room i guess yeah it's, we're connected to the tap room different spaces it, it's but the mad tree vibe yeah it's it feels even more connected than that to me like it feels very much like a part of the tap room where i don't get that same vibe from mad tree. maybe it's just because mad tree is so freaking big at this point that it doesn't feel that way but um it's I almost like, like a this. 16 lots yeah, yeah i think maybe bit. more more yeah. of 16 lots than yeah. mad tree and that was what we were shooting for I mean, we wanted it to feel like the same thing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's hard to do sometimes, uh, and also kind of, uh, I imagine from a business owner's perspective, sometimes a little scary to do because you're putting a lot of trust in each other's businesses that you're not going to not going to screw things up. You know, sure. if, if somebody comes in here and has uh, crappy pizza. Or somebody comes in here has a crappy beer that reflects on yeah. both of you guys. It, it yeah. was it was on me to uh, to figure out the great pizza because we had a delicious beer brewery and a great team. Um, it was kind of New Wales that encouraged us to to think this through and and come up to speed and practice a lot and come up with an equivalent product uh, to what they offer. Right. So. And you have. It so far so good. <clears throat> yeah, just a couple test batches and they. Uh... We had a test batch uh, actually get delivered to the the OG brewery on First Avenue like a month or two ago, and it was went over there, dropped a couple pieces off, and like every person that was in there was just like, "What is this? Like, where, where'd you get this? <laughs> we call this pizza." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, homemade. All right, I'm Beth, uh, one of the owners uh, of New Ales. I don't have as many hats as Wes does, but uh, I help keep things moving. 
Encur- team encourager. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you have to smack them around a little bit and keep little them in bit. line. A little bit. Yeah. No. Supervision. That's where that's where the creativity comes in. <laughs> Uh, so let's, I mean, I'll put links in the show notes to kind of the past episodes where we, we've we've told the story a few times, but kind of walk us through kind of briefly how all of this happened. How did you, how did you start from homebrewing to uh, deciding to become a professional brewer? Oh man, short story, uh, professional career took me into beverage factories, food and beverage factories. So dealing with the USDA, the FDA, that kind of stuff. And uh, one of my bosses when I was and at, that side of it made you want to get into it, <laughs> <laughs> right? I know, right? One of my bosses uh, was a brewer in Pennsylvania for a co-man, uh, and then so he just kind of mentored me, and I was around stainless steel every day. I wasn't dealing with alcohol, but I was cleaning, and that's all I did for the entire time I was there was clean and learn how to clean stainless steel. Right. So then when I all of a sudden, I went to the homebrew store, and I'm just like, "What is this about?" And there's like, you know, everything. Like, well, that's kind of what I'm doing now. Like, I think I can make this work, and and that's kind of how I got into it. So it's a little backwards than everybody else, but but also the the same journey. We all have the same journey. Every brewer's the same. So, <laughs> if you could like pick out one side of the brewing process that you kind of lean towards as far as what you enjoy, is it kind of that? Uh, you know, the, you know, I've heard people call themselves yeast farmers and things like that, where they're just, you know, the idea is to just create this, to make this stuff that then you give to yeast and you let yeast work its magic. And there's the tinkerers that just like building stuff and they're always, oh, absolutely. you know, um, my canner hasn't made it over here yet from first Avenue, but I'd love to show it to you. It's, it's homemade. <laughs> uh, it has a raspberry Pi powering it. It's ran 20 lines of Python and I'm canning with it. Um, all automated. So yeah, I tinker a lot. Uh, and a, I tinker with the recipe all the time. A remote, <laughs> a remote control car servo. Yeah, yeah, remote control car servo <laughs> actuating the valves. I, I think that's one of the things that I love about nano breweries because this is a nano brewery. For anybody that doesn't already kind of know all of it, it's, it's one tiny, whole barrel. Yeah, you know, one one barrel system. It is. Uh, uh, about as small as you'll see locally. Uh, I think it's awesome. Fib. Mash cult technically. I think they're back uh, up and running okay. now, and that's like a. Uh, like a, a homebrew setup, but um, uh, it is like this this uh, kind of fun, uh, and I'm sure it's more fun for me as a, a drinker than the person that has to be you know doing it. But the, the the scrappiness of it, this like, hey, let's just let's make this work and figure out a way to uh, to do things. Yeah, the there's a lot of problems. We'll figure it out, you know, and I. I feel like not that that doesn't happen in the bigger kind of scale breweries, but it does in a very different way. It, it's process control, I think, once you get to a certain size. Um, once you get to the size of breweries where you start having titles and you have a person in procurement, you have a person in shipping, you have a person responsible for operations, that's when culture starts to shift. Right. Um, if you get a more than likely, a lot of microbreweries are still kind of what i'm doing where it's like one guy in the brew house maybe another person in the cellar and that's the division of responsibility right (laughs) yeah um it tends to work uh i enjoy it only because i only have to listen to me (laughs) (laughs) is there but even like as you start moving into a space like this is there a desire to kind of to go bigger on the brew house side absolutely i'm scared to death right now Um, <laughs> of what part of that? Uh, the so we're sitting in a pretty cool tap room, and I think the public once they come in, sit down, and try a beer, get some pizza with some homemade sauce in their hands, you're gonna they're be gonna on a stay. Beer. Yeah, and that one barrel system is gonna be put to the test. <laughs> so I mean, I might be sit sitting here turning three, four batches a day just to keep up, but uh, who needs to sleep more than four hours? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's we, we can uh, remind me after the show. Like I've, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, kind of about that whole idea, and I, just remind me. No, <laughs> are you talking about like so? The way I said it, and the way I still think about it is, brew house size is probably your biggest piece of money investment wise. Sure. And I don't want to spend three hundred grand on a seven barrel brew house that is sitting idle 90 percent of the time right i'd much rather turn my one barrel 17 times a week because it 
it costs so much less other than labor but i'm free well there's well, there's that there's that you have to find that perfect sweet yeah, spot in yeah. there is what's what's tough and that that changes over that, time that kind of goes back That's to the hardest our, part is that it shifts and it changes that kind of goes like back to our bigger brewery talk i mean because i mean you look up rheingeist i'm pretty sure they're what 30 or 40 but they're turning it three shifts of brewers they, and, um, i think that the the in the main tap room the pilot system is 20 their main brew house i think 40? is a 40 or a 50 okay um, but then they have the 10 barrel system over in the innovation space, which is cranking out a ton yeah. of stuff to kind yeah. of keep all those other taps. Yeah, that's what I need is some innovation. You, I need a you, small brew house that I can practice just on. Just a little, little five gallon system. <laughs> a little system. five gallon system. Let's put a stove behind the park. Put it out in the garage <laughs> or put it out in the parking lot. <laughs> um, as you guys have grown, uh, other than just keeping up with them, like, what are some of the other fears that you're coming into with? Because uh, this. Uh, in some ways, this is not that big of a change for you guys. The uh, obviously, the brew house is the same brew house. You guys are, aren't learning a new system. Right. You, you know what you're brewing. You're you know you're not you're not dealing with that. It's same water, all that stuff. Yep. You know, yep. uh, same same customers. You're not trying to you know come into a different city and be like, hey, you know, we've done this thing in Middletown. Uh, here we are. You know, you're 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 dealing with the same people. Um, on the other hand. This is a very different space than what the other one was. Bigger tap room, bigger costs. I mean, that's a big fear for, for me. I mean, and I think Wes and Nikki would agree. We got to keep the lights on. I mean, that's right. the most important thing. We, we had some um, comfort in the old house uh, with um, the owners of, of that building and that sort of thing. And, and the bills weren't as big as they're going to be here right so same customers but we want more customers i'm pretty sure our last gas and electric bill was rent at first avenue yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so uh, you, get, you look at finances i mean that's that's a big worry for all of us i mean wes is full-time here uh nikki and i both still have our day jobs uh, fortunately that helps keep things going for us at right. home but at, at a certain point though you, you hope that that can start to shift also right every day <laughs> it, it's coming yeah it's gonna happen it's coming it's, it's, it's coming gonna happen anywhere it's gonna be in this location it's a great location we're surrounded by our customer base yeah. we have young people in every direction down here uh, so to give people an idea of where this is uh downtown middletown uh where the distillery is you are just kind of the backside of that block is this still part of the dora yeah. district yes. here so yeah you can walk back and forth like you can like yeah. it's still right it's, it's it's right in the heart of all of that and um uh yeah I we just we just spot. got a, a prime steakhouse like two blocks away um the city just paved the roads so you I, just need a big big sign on the back of the building that says we right. make beer here <laughs> we've <laughs> talked about just putting the words beer and pizza in a big arrow yeah. no more complicated than that <laughs> Just every once in a while, just shout out the back. Because <laughs> people are asking. The word is moving around town. There's something like this going on. Yeah. But we've been very secretive about what we're doing. We've had the windows boarded up. You know, we kind of worked quietly because every single inch forward, we're like, is this going to work? Is this going to go? But, you know, and now it's finally like we're in the last final steps. It's like, oh, oh, it's going. No, we're going. Yeah, you can't stop now. Can't stop <laughs> yeah. now. Nah. The uh, what I think is cool too is that you know you get once this once the doors are open here, like you're gonna have people that walk in here that just had no idea that you guys were brewing over there that you even existed. Like this is gonna become bigger. Yeah, uh, this and, is like, the, the brand's gonna change a little just because there was a lot of people that came into First Avenue and they're, you know, do you guys brew here? I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, it's a it's a brewery. I know it's hard to see the brew house. It's in the back and downstairs, and there's grain. There's one barrel I had to sit on to brew, if y'all remember that. Um, but, yeah, this is you walk in the front door, and you're hit with the brew house immediately in your face. Uh, the, the neighbors thought it was going to be the Social Security office again because this building has had a couple yeah. different iterations, and one of them was the Social Security and Welfare office. And I walked over to the store to get something to drink, come back, and a guy stopped me on the sidewalk. He's like, hey, what's going in there? And I said, a brewery and a pizza place. He's like, oh, man, I thought it was going to be the Social Security office again. And, he, and I was like, he'll no. be the only guy disappointed. <laughs> it's like, no, oh, it's, not, it's definitely not that. That's funny. 
<laughs> I guess better than what people could have assumed when they saw equipment rolling in and oh man, it's a meth lab. <laughs> <laughs> High class meth coming out of it. Walter White. Uh, how how does uh, kind of making this shift into here? How does that change that that direction going forward? How you guys kind of direct where where you grow, how you grow? Because you were, I mean, uh, to be kind of uh, as as frank as possible, that first year you you it it was less about you guys directing where things were going as just kind of hanging on and just doing things right. that and had to be done. You know, it's it almost what I'm used to now. The tap room <laughs> had to open it. You, right. had, to, you yeah. had to sell beer. Still kind of <laughs> like, I just, I just kind of moved like in and painted the walls, and I'm <laughs> like, all right, we're open now. Like, the beer garden had to happen because he had to yeah. sell beer. We called a dude, he came and bulldozed it. Like, um, I've never had the opportunity to plan before, so I'm really hoping something crazy happens and it forces me to do something next because that's that's apparently the way I forward something I a little this. less crazy not than COVID time. yeah not COVID <laughs> no no at well, least no I don't know maybe not a global catastrophe but something else <laughs> something, something a little less terrible. something a little less tone it down a hair uh so uh, because of the growth and the size here, does that mean uh, we don't have to worry about you guys kind of shutting down in the winter anymore and things like Correct. that? That Correct. is the biggest probably improvement of us coming here versus the older location is this is going to allow us to be open and have consistent hours year round. Um, things like trivia that were previously only in the warmer months and only if the weather allowed will now be like consistent week right. to week. Um that allows us to, customers to come back and have a routine and just you're scaring the hell out of me man quit it how <laughs> that effect on people you're just are you prepared to sell all the beer you can brew every day we I mean, are I mean that's de that's definitely like that's the that's the goal yeah, is to yeah. you know exactly what you're brewing to be that's exactly what you need yeah. but yeah. that's not the way it works out uh, and, and that's, and me and Jeremy's had this conversation before and I just look at him and I'm like, man, you're lucky. And he's like, what do you mean? You're lucky. And I'm like, yeah, I get nights off. He's over there going to be cooking pizzas, sweating, being miserable when we're open. Right. And I will be doing that two weeks in advance. So it's great when we're starting out and opening a new business for him because he can go the night before and make 800 doughs if he needs to. I should have thought about that two weeks ago. So it's <laughs> not much you can do. Now. Right. <laughs> um, how does uh, how does this change? Or I guess you you probably don't really know yet of of uh, push back heavier into distro versus um, taproom. I, For now, um, we we already have reined in our distribution to basically a handful of customers that are really local, um, and we'll probably just keep it that way. Uh, we're going to eventually have a soft opening. Our soft opening is probably just going to be switching locations, keeping the same hours. Um, so only open like a Friday, Saturday, Thursday kind of thing. Right. Um, and then once I can get completely caught up and make sure that our walk-in isn't about to shut off at a hair's notice, iron out the kinks, right. cover up, you know the stains in the floor then we'll we'll think about having a grand opening and actually expanding the hours to you know normal brewery hours right yeah. um let's uh let's shift a little bit let's talk about the pizza um tell me about uh, number one what kind of pizza is it are we you know talking it's gonna know? be it's gonna be neapolitan pizza and there's a big uh rift with that you know a lot of people don't like neapolitan some people like neapolitan ish there's been lots of customizations. I need some to definitions. That. Uh, <laughs> Neapolitan pizzas uh, has a specific recipe. Um, it's almost like a government body that that mandates exactly what the ingredients should be, and the ingredients are flour, salt, water, yeast. That's it. Um, it's a very basic recipe, and those are the hardest ones to master. Um, it's to be cooked in a wood-fired, high-temperature wood-fired oven, mixed with a certain kind of mixer. Uh, the Italians are very specific about exactly what they want to see, right. um, and they have a certification that goes with that. And w we're trying to track as close to that as possible. Um, we're not a New York style, so it's thin crust, wood-fired. 10-inch uh, pizzas, uh, if you've been to Old Scratch or up in Dayton or Joe's, uh, Joe's Pizza over in Milford, those are going to be your your neapolitan pizza styles and that's it anywhere around here um 
it's a it's a hard pizza style to to do so people will always say their pizza is neapolitan ish because <laughs> uh, they're trying to get close to it but it's a very difficult thing to master there's people in Italy who have spent their entire lives, third generation, trying to master it. And we're trying to master it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. That makes it sound fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's been lots of long nights here, late at night, uh, uh, cooking pizza on a, pl you know, making pizza on plywood tables. It's three quarter inch. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> on, on saw horses and, and, you know, at night. One cutting board. <laughs> yeah. One cutting board. We've done lots of practicing. Um, so, so Neapolitan pizza, it's about freshness. It's about single, all the pizzas will be single name ingredients, right? When you look in a can of tomato sauce at a popular pizza chain, there's 10 different things in there. Right. Um, we want one thing, tomatoes. Uh, you know, we want one thing in the flour, flour. We, want, we don't want 15 ingredients in the pizza. We want each, each layer of the pizza to speak for itself. So right. the, the crust to, to taste delicious and like bread. And we want the tomatoes to taste like tomatoes and we want the best cheese we can get and the best basil we can get. Um, we want it to be as fresh as possible. Because right now in Middletown, we have a lot of great restaurants coming in that are tracking that way. When I first moved here, there's a lot of fried food. Mm. Um, and now we're tracking a little bit more like Cincinnati and Dayton and Columbus, some of the right. bigger urban centers where we're starting to get some fresh food mm -hmm. um, because people are paying more attention to what they put in their bodies these days. Right. So that's our goal is to, to give people uh, the, the very best, freshest product we can get. Anything else on the menu or just pizza? So we've oh. got, we've got a couple things. We, we have something we refer to as the garlic knot problem. Um, I spent 20 years curating a recipe and studying this, this particular, this particular business. And, um, I uh, went to a pizza place down in Florida and came across this place called Polly's and they had these garlic knots. And I was super enthralled by them. So, you know, I'm watching them make them. I'm like, man, someday I'm going to get a pizza place. I'm going to make those. And I think it was the first night we were making pizza here. And all of a sudden he's like cutting up the dough and rolling it. Weird, I've been like waiting. Taco. And I'm like, what are you doing? I've been waiting to make these and for like 20 years. And I'm like, okay, here we are. Everybody's busy eating pizza. We would invite five or 10 people. We're drinking beer and, and eating pizza. And I'm like, I'm going to make these, you know, garlic knots. And we basically take the pizza toppings and put them inside and roll them up into little croissants and slather them with garlic olive oil. Right. And we cook them in the pizza oven. And the problem is everybody likes those more than the, the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but they're difficult to cook in a wood-fired oven. So we're trying to figure out exactly how to keep up and do that. We can cook them in the oven. Uh, but we're trying to come up with a solution to that. Uh, but we're going to have a cappuccino at some point. Uh, we'll probably do like a, a calzone of some sort. But we're going to keep it super basic. We, right. we don't want a million things on the menu. We want a handful of things that are just super, super delicious to complement the beer that's through the, ne the next hallway over. Right. And that makes sense. And like you want, when people talk about you, you want them to talk about who you are. You don't want to, you know, when somebody, uh, you know, to, related to a brewery, if you have this brewery that you love, you're like, oh, have you ever been there? And they're like, oh, yeah, that place was great. You know, the their trivia night was the best. Right. That's the thing they remember. Yeah, there's like, always oh, one thing. Yeah. But that's, that, was, that was the thing? Like, that's great, but not the beer. Like, what, <laughs> like, what, what do you, like, it's just, you, know, you want to be known for your thing. Yeah, it's so, hard to not overshadow yourself. Yeah. 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 And I'm, yeah. A, I'm a food crazy. So I'm one of the crazy people that'll drive to Dayton or drive down to drive all the way over to uh, Joe's Pizza in Milford, you know, trying to get right. get what I'm looking for, go down to Strong's in Newport. Like there's a lot of good places like that, but they're far few and in between. Right. And, and this is bridging a gap in between Cincinnati and Dayton that just doesn't exist right now. Is there a fear that people won't get it for what it is? Inter interestingly enough, uh, I was watching a podcast with the owner of Old Scratch uh, the other day up in Dayton, and he said people came in, they initially hated the pizza. They thought it was terrible, and we had a lot of negative reviews, and, and he said eventually we found our customer base. I think if, if uh, Steel City was a standalone business, and we just popped up in a building, and we're like, okay, let's cross our fingers and see if Middletown is just going to buy what we're selling. Right. They could come in and say, oh, this is terrible. This isn't a 20-inch pizza. It doesn't have five pounds of cheese on it. 
uh, it's not, it doesn't have bacon. It would be a tough sell in Right. So, like, you know, what we're doing, and that's why this kind of came together, because when uh, the New Wales team had said, hey, maybe we should do this, I was like, you know what? If you guys will invite me in, then I for sure will do it, because the customer base I'm shooting for are already the people coming here. So I'm not worried about the people who are already coming here uh, that are going to like it. Um, I think it's going to do great. I think between the two, delicious beer and delicious pizza, um, I have no fear of people liking it. Yeah, I think uh, you once you get somebody to sit down and actually approach it from uh, from an open perspective, like that's the, the hard part's been done. And when people come into a craft brewery, they're already coming in with some of that open mindedness and wanting to try new things and right. wanting to. I mean, not that it's a, a new thing, you know. <laughs> but it is. It's new. It's new in Middletown. I mean, uh, you know, when somebody says we're making the sauce every day, we're making the dough every day, we're going to start making our cheese every day. When you when you look at it like that, that's completely different than well, anyone else. Papa else's John's dough. has better ingredients, better pizza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you live in Middletown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we do eat a lot of Papa John's in the house. I'm not gonna lie, my kids like it. Uh, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, it, it's still pizza. Like I think that it's it's an easy sell to somebody that even that is like, oh, all we eat is Domino's and you know, it's, okay. so, uh, it's just it's still craft pizza. pizza. Yeah, it's, it's uh, craft pizza. In the same way that I think uh, with beer, uh, even if somebody is a diehard Bud Light drinker. You can still get them to sit down at the bar in a craft brewery and be like, "Yeah, we'll just try some." I'll of give this. you a Kolsch yeah, right now. Yeah, try try some yeah. of this. You you might be surprised. And I I actually didn't drink beer before I met met the New Ales guy. They have that effect on people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't <laughs> changing minds one yeah, beer at a time. That's right. That's right. I, I was one of those people. Uh, I know that's your guys' mission statement, and I was one of those people. So it's it's neat now as I see people come in and I'm sitting there as a regular. You know, getting to see people come in who are like, "Ah, oh, you have anything like Bud Light?" And Wes is, Wes is like, "Ah, you know, I got got this. I got a Kolsch. You know, I got something lighter." And then people try and like, "Ah, oh, this is delicious." And that's that's the underlying word is delicious. Well, I think what's what's fun for me about that conversation when it happens is like once people are now comfortable and like, okay, this isn't something that's that's scary and that I'm not. I've got something that I that I like. Then they start to get more open to try other things and to find other things that they would, would not have liked otherwise. They might like, oh yeah, IPAs are, are are not what I thought they were. You know, like oh, I can have a soft fruity IPA or this you know bracing bitter thing. You know, it's um, but they have to have that comfort first and know that they're going to be okay. <laughs> going to have a fallback. <laughs> yeah. And just like just like New Ales goes out on a limb with some of their beers and how they craft them and put them together and the names. We're doing some similar things like that. You know, when you think Neapolitan pizza, you think a margarita, cheese, something like that. Yeah. But we have a breakfast pizza oh, that we've been working on. Oh, here he goes. He's <laughs> not telling anyone ever, but he'll tell everyone. He'll, you have to sign an NDA. Um, <laughs> no one can tell anyone. But, you know, it's not, not original, but we're going to put a Cincinnati spin on it. Um, Ooh. And one thing that we can't find anywhere on a pizza is getta. And we, we, we were sitting one night and we were just spitballing ideas, you know, what, what kind of things can we do? And I was like, you know, I've been, been wanting to do like a breakfast pizza. You are speaking my language. And <laughs> mm. it, we were like, oh, you know, what, what would it look like? And we're in there with like chalk on the wall, like trying to come up with a name and how would it look? And we came up with a cream base with over easy eggs mm-hmm. on top uh, with spicy getta. And a drizzle of maple yeah, I think syrup. That was, that was Steve's influence. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. Steve was here. Steve is a, a local guy, a regular customer. Cooks maple syrup. Cooks maple syrup. And he, he's like, I got a bottle in my truck. Let's just go put it on top. And we're like, yeah. All right. <laughs> so we came out with this pizza that has over easy eggs, spicy getta, a little bit of cheese, and uh, w- with a drizzle of maple syrup at the end. God, and it, it sounds good. It's mind blowing. Mm. And there was very briefly uh, when Wiedemann was doing their pizzas, they had a getta pizza, but it was not like breakfast getta. It was like red sauce just with getta and bacon yeah. and stuff, and it was good uh, because I just freaking love getta. But the idea of going <laughs> going going breakfast with it is, uh, of course, <laughs> we don't we don't know if we can do it every day. It's hard to manage it. Uh, that might even make it better, right? And we're thinking like a Sunday morning thing. We've experimented in the oven, cooking some other things, cinnamon rolls and Maple biscuits. Maple breakfast and... stout on tap and a... <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. 
Yeah, and it's it. delicious. I, I mean, my mouth is watering thinking about it. Mine is too. It, it's it's good. <laughs> it's just again, it's difficult to sort of time it out with put trying to get eggs to stay over easy in a 900 degree oven right is a process so we're trying to hone that in and we will figure it out because everybody that's had it loves it man that sounds good uh speaking of delicious and things that make my mouth water we didn't talk about what we're drinking because uh we got sidetracked from very early on (laughs) (laughs) we gotta talk about beer it's a podcast i was gonna say the bartender's walking around right now we need something (laughs) <laughs> uh you started me off with a dark lager yeah it, it it doesn't have a name we just we made it and put it in kegs and we got to figure out a name for it it's uh, uh it is good it's smooth and and easy drinking and uh just light enough it's, i believe that was the last brew at first avenue before the system moved to the new location so congratulations you're the first person to have it <laughs> it is it is really good this is uh definitely right in my wheelhouse of what i lean towards when i'm grabbing a beer it's also my first beer in a couple days oh. uh because yeah. of yeah. the chaos that i've been living which you know, I, I will spare all of you the details <laughs> but uh food poisoning that's oh. all we need to t- <laughs> so uh that yeah, beer's gonna is- hit hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's really good. I'm probably slightly dehydrated. And- yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Beth, what are you drinking? Uh, the ever-famous hop chowder. Mm, yes. Uh, so, New England IPA. Um, I don't know any more about it other than that. It's it's the staple New England that I try to keep up on tap the entire time. Uh, there's only real two beers that stay up all the time. It's it's the New England IPA hop chowder and our Imperial IPA still not as bitter as right. your ex. Other than that, the menu basically rotates the entire time. That might change in the future. Uh, we'll see. That's that's one of the, 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 the beautiful things about a brewery this size, too, is that it can change for a period of time and then change again and then yeah. change again. Like, yeah. you never really know what you're here in for is, you know... It's kind of like runs pouring, in or somebody that comes in. And it's kind of like pouring beers out of the tap right now because we have no handles, no numbers. I, uh, I have we no got idea seven beers on tap. We don't know. It's it's random right now. You have to go up there and, and taste because uh, this is the second day the walk-in has been pouring beverages. <laughs> that one's probably in theory also hop chowder, right? I, I have no idea. I, it <laughs> looks like it. It looks like it. <laughs> You can taste it. See what it is. I I, I already know. you already know. I've come into New Wales before, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get some hop chowder. And I walk in, and every beer is sours. And I'm like, okay, okay, I guess I'm learning to love sours this week. And then the next week, it's something else. And then it's always ever changing, and they're just always delicious. See, I actually kind of, I, I would prefer that in a lot of ways. Like if I walk into a brewery. And uh, there's a dark lager on tap. That's probably what I'm ordering, unless somebody is there and is like, "Hey, have you tried this yet? You should try this." And I go, like, oh, "Okay, I'll try that." Or you know, I, I kind of want people just to make me it's drink fun. things. I just because yeah. I, I yeah. you know I, I get into your comfort zones. Try to drink as many things as possible. Try and try everything. The newest trend is always what I'm gonna pick. Uh, cold IPAs were disappointing. But, Dis- disappointing in just what they were, yeah, or just it was a, it's it was, not a real thing. Or it was a high, <laughs> yes. do you remember India Pale Lager? Yeah, that was the same thing. I think uh, it depends who you ask. <laughs> and then that was the other thing. What, who defines these beers? Like, if I design the recipe and I come out with a Wes's New England IPA, and eight hundred other breweries start making it, and that becomes a thing. <clears throat> and I set the rules, though. I do I like put it in the BJCP guidelines like I want this much alcohol and this yeah. much bitterness you, you have to you would have to wait I think oh man that's interesting because so I, th- I, th- I think that those at, at some point those other 800 breweries will start to the, the style to, will it'll, design it'll, itself it'll evolve a little bit and then eventually by the time the BJCP is like okay it's an actual <laughs> thing there's been some kind of normalcy that's settled because cold IPA is not a BJCP recognized right. style. Well, hell, uh, the New England IPA is fresh as far as like a it, lot of competitions yeah. go. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, Urban Artifact made the fruit tart. I mean, it's yeah, yeah <laughs> you, know, you can make your own styles if you want to. Try a little taste of that. What is this one? That is smack my berries and call me cobbler sour. Smack my berries and call me cobbler. Yep. Tell me if you don't taste a berry cobbler in there. Oh my god, that's good. <laughs> oh, that little cinnamon thing. Oh, oh, that's great. 
that's like a uh, that's there aren't a lot of sours that to me are like cooler weather beers mm -hmm. like that would be perfect in like you know one of those cooler days mm -hmm. where you can still sit out on the porch but you got to put a hoodie on kind of thing oh yeah that's that's a oh, campfire sour yeah. oh that's fantastic mm. I like that a lot not super tart wouldn't turn somebody off that was like no. I don't like sours you know yeah <laughs> I, I think that that's one that kind of would ease somebody into it really nice very I don't I don't like sours but no, he's drank a couple. But Wes has got <laughs> talked me into drinking a couple. We're working on it. Yeah, going <laughs> to smack your berries around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, my my girlfriend's completely addicted to sours now. She didn't like them, and she fell in love with them. So there, now now that's all she wants to drink. There is something like, I can remember the first time I tried a sour beer, and I I hated it. It was I mean it was it was a lambic, so I mean it was Ooh. it was very <laughs> very uh, kind of extreme as far as what it was. But man, it was like I was I don't know about this beer exploration thing I've been playing around with anymore. There's terrible beer out there. <laughs> there's a there's a but, funny uh, photo of me uh yes, yeah, I know drinking a sour. <laughs> He's got the bitter beer face from like the nineties Budweiser commercials going on. <laughs> I, think, I think it's it Keystone? <laughs> yeah. Shit. At some point some of these beer styles like that you don't like your first time, like you do kinda have to smack your palate around a little bit and Correct. kind of uh, uh get it ready for it. I People have said that it was about beer in general, that it's an acquired taste. And I disagree with that, but um, I definitely there are some styles that I think mm. came over time. Um, let's talk kind of a little bigger picture about this location. Um, uh, why? You know, the, the big, why, why? I think you asked me that question on like the first podcast back in the day. It was like, why Middletown? I think it was like the first thing you said probably, when you said that. <laughs> probably. <laughs> it sounds, sounds like something I would do. Uh, but as far as... It, the, moving into this new spot so it had to happen simply because customers are beating down my doors two months out of the year three months out of the year yeah we couldn't go another winter in that in that um, spot right um we did not want to leave middletown the no. thought had crossed uh the plan a couple times about look we've reached out did to you, hamilton and stuff yeah i was gonna um, say did you talk to anybody else we that... talked to a, a couple different cities uh, at the end of the day we wanted to basically show up for our customers um they've been here for us for two years we have some very loyal customers that i could throw a rock and hit their house from the first avenue brewery i mm -hmm. uh, did not want to uproot and abandon them uh, we're already in an underserved area rolling mill just left it's like i'm not that type of person um it, it, unless hamilton is gonna write me a million dollar check and pay for the brewery it's and, like and send a shuttle up here to bring people down <laughs> exactly to i'm just like it, i'm gonna stay in the area that we we've already got roots here so um it's the regulars yeah i'm not gonna change that it's the vibe it's the new wales vibe it definitely is the vibe and i think wes hit it on the head when he said it's they're as loyal to us as we are to them and we don't we don't want to go anywhere else um, this space brings us downtown. Um, it doesn't afford us the outdoor space just yet that that we, um, our customers have grown to love in the beer garden, but we'll get there. Um, but they're going to get the vibe inside that, that they didn't get to have in the old space. Yeah, the Little Yell House is awesome. It's a great place to come into. It's a very unique space, but... Um, I'll, I'll tell everyone now, if you haven't experienced that brewery um, and you like sitting outdoors you should probably do it within the next three to four weeks it is one of my favorite beer gardens in the city uh and that that says a lot when you've got places around you like fibonacci and 50 west and you've got the rooftop at rheingeist i mean there's some incredible places that sit outside and have a beer and new wales is right up there for me so Thank you. That, that hopefully means something and we plan to recreate that here um both inside and outside we mm -hmm. have plans to look at the front of the building and kind of taking a portion of the area between the building and the road and turning it into a beer garden doing something uh, so the the thoughts not completely out uh what we tried to do and i i hope we succeeded was bring the outside in for the tap room um it's not as green in here as it probably will be in the next couple of days we have a uh, i'm pretty sure we measured it a shitload of plants <laughs> yeah, uh, coming I, in here i think that's about right yeah and um they're all in my mother-in-law's house right now she loves them <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, a ton of plants succulents everywhere we got a couple things hanging on the walls right now that plants are going to go in we got plants to go by the the archway windows in the front uh the brew house is going to have plants around it like 
So there's a lot of outdoor character. I'm, I'm really excited to see how it comes into the space and actuates it. So it's going to be fun to have this area, but yet we're losing the gigantic like 40 it, square, you know, 40 by 40 beer yeah. garden we had going on. It becomes its own thing, though. Mm. And that's I think that's important. You can't you can't recreate something as you move into a new space like you. You have to try to let it develop its own personality and its own soul. That, you know, the the original spot didn't become the way it was because you guys sat there when you when you moved in there like, all right, here's what it's going to be. We're going <laughs> right. to have this beer garden, yeah. this yeah. tap room, and it's going to have this really cool, you know, charm. And I was just, oh shit, we got to put a tap room in here. <laughs> hey, do you do you know Freddie? He has a bulldozer. He'll come to your backyard and take care of you for four hundred dollars. Like that's how things are supposed to happen. And I think that when some breweries move into a second location or expand in other locations, I think that sometimes they hit this wall where they're trying to just copy and paste things, and it doesn't always it doesn't always translate the same way. I, there's, and I'm not going to name the brewery, but they don't exist anymore. There was one uh, that expanded and moved into a new location and it totally lost its yeah. charm and it just became not a place that anybody wanted to visit unfortunately right. um the beers lost their flavor so to speak because the charm wasn't there anymore and you know and i think that it was part of their demise yeah that was a big part of it i think yeah uh how do you at on the same same side though like you you want the soul of what it was to kind of remain how do you how do you take that and bring that with we, it we customers. did it on list it's little the customers pieces. it's the customers yeah, yep. yeah you're right but it's, we i was gonna say we did it in little pieces sure um because right now i'm staring at this this wooden wall behind us and we uh, the, uh, the f most talked thing about at first avenue when you walked into that brewery besides it being a house was everyone looked down and just went man these floors are really cool yep because we traded a dude two cases of beer to give us all the ends and pieces for every hardwood floor job he did and we used that hardwood floor just linked it all together it was two inch there's three inch we went up around the windows and used it as molding and that place had such a cool atmosphere because of that um, it's one of those things where it, it kind of born out of necessity. Right. It, we wanted to recreate it at this tap room, and that's kind of how this wood wall got talked about and inspired. Um, we wanted something with different types of wood, uh, kind of interlaced, random, looks like it was thrown up there. Obviously, we couldn't do the floors because I wasn't about to cover up concrete. <laughs> but that wall was kind of kind of the uh, cherry on top to our wooden floors at First Avenue. I like to think we brought that atmosphere and over to this location in little bits and pieces, pieces like that. It, yeah. Problem is, I'm going to be the guy that probably knows more about it than anyone else. Hopefully, it's one of those things that just kind of sits in the back of your head. You don't think about people. Love, people love Sometimes it. you yeah. can't point out and identify the things like, oh, this just it feels. It feels, it feels like new right. age, you know? even though that it's different and it's bigger and it's it's better. It's it still feels comfortable you don't yes. have to worry about the weather <laughs> right i still have to drive all the way up to middletown to get here so i have to worry about it a little bit it's worth it, it is we worth have it. And a now parking you have pizza. lot yeah we That's have a right. parking lot we yeah, have pizza there's a big parking lot there's a huge parking lot and the city just because they love us so much uh they put in some some very large lights in that parking lot um the downtown area has just done a complete probably 180 from the last when you showed up two years ago to that original parking lot you were driving through potholes that were bigger than your car tire um, there were no trash cans anywhere on the street um, there was probably trash blowing around and, and now you've come down here today we have nice plants on both sides of central avenue all the way up to the train tracks the dora area is now well defined um, people are going in and out of local businesses. It's just, it's a complete 180 from what we've done. It's we, a completely different place. A lot of lighting in the downtown area now. Uh, all of a sudden now you got people walking around downtown at eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, I feel like every time I come to Middletown, it's just getting better and better and better. And it's, it's kind of always been that way for me though. It's just like that, 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 uh, you know, that, that, that graph, that slope just yeah. is getting more and more intense and more noticeable each time I'm here the, of the changes. We have at this point in Middletown's history, we have the, the best leadership that we've had in a while. Our city manager is different. Our law department's different. Our economic development department's different. The council's different. We, we have a lot of very smart people on our city council right now. And they came in and sort of cleaned up. 
And you can see within a year, two years, three years back, just how different Middletown is looking. When people underestimate what's going on here. I mean, you drive down through our downtown right now, it's unbelievable. I doubt anybody has the look and feel of what we have right now uh, because we got the brand new 2023 downtown. Um, and it, it's going great. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better location for doing what we're doing in a better time. You know, this is going to be a summertime where they're, they're outside right now paving central and putting lines down with brick pavers and irrigation and beautiful landscape. And, and then we're going to come right behind them with stencils <laughs> and arrows. <laughs> give some directions. Pizza. This, yeah. <laughs> this is a sweet, this is a great time for us to open a business here. I'm I'm so excited to see uh, how how much this place grows coming into this because I think it's going to blow people away when they see. I mean, there was there were plenty of people that loved the old space, but there were a lot of people that would come in and say it's just too small for us. It's, unless, you know, it just it's not not enough space for us to kind of. I, I like to out. think that we've tried to plan for that. Um, it, if you're on YouTube watching, then you can kind of see the brew house, and if you know what we started with at First Avenue. Um, we didn't buy any more equipment, so everything that's over there looks a lot smaller. Was now. in the back of First Avenue, <laughs> <laughs> hidden away. Yeah, I don't know how it fit, but um, we're we're definitely got a lot of room to grow. That's what, if you had to carry it back over there and fit it back in there now, I don't think you'd be able to no, get it back no, in there. No, we we're not moving it. No, no. it's staying where it is. But we we looked at we measured the ceiling heights and everything. We we're sitting there and we can. I'm like, I can squeeze a 12 barrel fermenter in here. All right, well. All I got to do is upgrade the electric a little bit, and I can get a nice, like, four-barrel, five-barrel system in here. And it it's not going to stress the raw materials out of control. Um, right. This building, we're only taking a tiny portion of it. Uh, there's a lot of room still to grow in this building. The landlord's not using portions of it that we might be able to just scoop up from him if he... You know, wants to let it go for large amounts of money. I'm and sure. the landlord is super supportive. I mean, yeah. he comes yeah, in here absolutely. and he, he freaking loves what we're doing. He loves the idea. He's a guy that that loves Middletown. And it's gonna be more fun to have this than the social security office. Yeah, yeah. And before you know, before we got in here, luckily the framework there was a lot of framework already here. We had a lot of plumbing, a lot of electric. It, it turns out the social security office being a government building just has everything we need. They had electricians, just like door to door salesmen. But the amount of conduit and just electric in this building, they had like. So many wires just hanging down from the ceiling when we walked in, and I'm like, "What in the world?" So, but it made electric like basically plug and done. play, plug and play. Yeah, oh. it's like, "Oh, you want a light? Well, there's a box right there. Just plug it in." Like, okay, done. Um, <laughs> with that said, though, we have a ton of plans to move forward. Uh, right now, it's about getting open. It's about getting 12 beers on tap and trying to sustain it. Um, as soon as that's achieved, then it's bigger brew house which means upgrading the, the electric and then it means pulling permits and getting some electricians in here to some do some actual like three-phase work instead of me just plugging an outlet so i'm i'm not that great so <laughs> well i mean talking about getting open you you mentioned that if people want to experience the tap room that there's only a few more weeks for them to kind of do that. Yeah, I, are we, are we, if that, are we, if that, are we if talking that. about dates? It might be are next we, weekend. It might be tomorrow. <laughs> it so, might be tomorrow. <laughs> uh, tomorrow is the, the, the city inspection um, and also the Ohio Department of This show doesn't Liquor post Control. until Monday, so. Oh, okay. okay, well. That so would be Thursday the 11th. <laughs> so by the time this comes out, we, we could might be open. have a permit. Um, well, if it goes up on Monday, then it could be you, you're, maybe you're your done. last weekend. Maybe you're too late. <laughs> I don't know yet. Yeah, you might. You actually might be too late. We we'll see how it goes. I know that we we have events scheduled here um, that are close enough to make me extremely nervous. <laughs> that's, um, all, that's always the case, though. <laughs> Middletown has this. They put on this this event called Wine, Women, and Chocolate. That one. Yeah. And what they do is they basically shut down downtown, and you have wine stops and chocolate stops, and they bring in. I think over a thousand people. They, I know they sell tickets. A they lot of inebriated women walking it's around. It's a lot of people, <laughs> and it's mostly people from out of town. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people from Liberty Township, Mason, Dayton, the suburbs, come into a city, uh, and they when they show up, they all the buildings downtown are full of people. It, right. It's really 
a packed event, and we're we're all trying to be ready to go for that. That's that's our first event, like, and that is. <laughs> and we're we're a, cho- we're a chocolate stop. So oh, what's the date? Oh, we got ten days until we got it. We got it. I keep saying we just have to manifest. You believe it? It's going to happen. So well, the last time that that was said on this show, though, was Dell over at Sixteen Lots telling us that they were going to be open in Newport on like March third or something. So don't uh, well, don't, don't jinx us. I had my time. I, I I mean I've been we this has been probably a year in the making. Um, it, no, it literally has been a year in the making. I, I think it's been yeah. ten months. Okay, close enough. <laughs> but uh, it. It really has been four weeks. Uh, I mean, just between finding the space, for us looking at spaces, it's been it's just it's <laughs> going through architects, going through the city, it one thing after another, and, and now we're finally sitting here, and I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll see. And what oddly, happens. this is one of the first places we looked at. It, we it was. We've already signed the lease, so I guess I'm okay saying it, but it's it was the only option. Um, and in the downtown area, which we, we wanted to stay downtown mm-hmm. Middletown, there are two buildings, maybe three, that would work for a brewery of any kind of production size. Um, the other building was being Rolling Mill. And when I talked to him, Josh uh, was still trucking away over there brewing beer. So the only other option was Richie's Pawn Shop, which we walked through, didn't have AC, and they, Richie wanted a billion dollars for it. So... Um, we got the old yeah. social security office that had a leaky roof. <laughs> Luck, the landlord was cool, so he super supportive he again. Put, <laughs> he put a brand new roof on the building, new air conditioners, put in new air conditioners, and basically we you know, moved in after that. So it was when you look back, you know, a year ago, and you're like, "Where are you going to go in this city?" It had to be here. Right. This was the only place. Well, if people want to uh, to get the latest on when they can come in here and have a beer follow you guys on social media um i'll i'm sure that i will put something out on the blog too and let everybody know but um you got to come up here and check this place out it is uh, it is something special in a city like cincinnati to have this because it is a in in the bigger craft beer picture it's a thing that becomes fewer and further in between places that are this size that have kind of this personality still so it right. is a, yeah, it's a treasure in the city, and I, I do mean that. Thank you. Uh, Thank the you. Beer's good, which you guys can get by with not great beer because of all of the charm and the, <laughs> the personality, like, and the beer's good. <laughs> so that it bumps up even further. <laughs> Our brewer does not do not okay beer. I mean, he is his biggest critic. Trust so. me, if we run out, I'll be like, I'll be mad at myself, and it's probably because I dumped a couple batches. I wasn't mm-hmm. happy after the move, and it's, I'm my own worst enemy. So. Absolutely. And there's something else that makes. Be that makes Middletown unique that a lot of people don't realize is our water. I mean, we're pulling from an, a glacial aquifer. Because I, um, I think it was Stone that was looking at, yeah, they, back in the day, it was yeah. like a couple of years ago, they were looking at uh, moving in right here, uh, one of the nation's largest craft breweries. Our water's delicious. We have very high quality water. So for, to make pizza and to make beer, I I'm, mean, I'm shocked there's not breweries I know. everywhere. Well, there is Miller. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're yeah, just well, pumping a, a million. They're, here. <laughs> they're pumping a million gallons a day of this very water to sell Miller, Miller and Coors beer. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. there's other people, but you know, just besides you, you and Rolling Mill, basically, and the new guy that will remain unnamed. <laughs> we'll, we'll, talk. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk after the. Uh, <laughs> uh, is I heard any- it was going to be a petting zoo. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything <laughs> that you guys want people to know about either the pizza, the brewery, any Middletown that you think that they don't know? You know, again, people, you know, Middletown makes a lot of a lot of news. You, you know, you see a lot of things like this happened or this happened, and it sells newspapers. So, you know, unfortunately, Middletown gets a bad rap for a lot of different things. But people have to realize it's a very small city, you know, that... It's just over there and just right over there are the boundaries. And the people that live here are sometimes third, fourth generation. And it's a really neat community to come and visit. And again, you know, regardless of what New Ales looks like, there's going to be this group of people that are all from Middletown, great people who are just going to come here. And it's going to be the same, right? It's a different space. And if we go somewhere else, it, they'll all come and it'll be the same. The family remains the same. And Middletown is a very... Uh, mayberry like place it's it's still a place it it has a lot of kentucky roots yeah. mm-hmm. so 
when you're sick, your neighbor brings you groceries. Uh, when when a, somebody has a death in the family, everybody pulls over on the side of the road. Like it's still very old school, um, it, and it's a it's a neat place, especially with all of our downtown being redone. We have wine bars. We have a new steakhouse. We have one of the best soul food restaurants mm-hmm. <laughs> in existence. I'd love to see somebody mm-hmm. find a better soul food restaurant than what we have. We have, you know, Central Wine, you know, one of the best wine bars around. You know, we've got a, a prime steakhouse. We've got so many things. We've got New York pizza. We've got so many bar. We have two great barbecue places. There's so That's much. Italian. To- There's Italian food at Bandanas. We have so much going on right now. Oh, that let's you talk can about cracked pot too. I don't want to. Crack, oh yeah, crack no, pot. absolutely. Yeah. We could go on. Some and of the on best about, crepes you're gonna get. <laughs> talk about crab. Uh, mm. Yeah, talk about crab. We have so many neat things going on that you could put a pin in New Ales and draw a line within 200 yards. Yeah, and you could go to all those places that I just named. A distillery and mm. a distillery <laughs> behind us. The list goes on and on. And you can walk there with a beer. That's right, and it's it's a it's a great opportunity for people to come up, see something different than than what they see in the newspaper, and learn a little bit about uh, Middletown's culture. It's a very diverse city. There's literally everybody. There's yeah. no, with no, without any exception, there's every human being represented here mm-hmm. in, in good numbers, and that makes it a lot of fun to hang out and be here. And you, you know, you can't beat it where, where we're located at being right downtown, right smack dab in the middle of everything going on. It's going to be great. And, it, you know, it's not next door to Cincinnati. It's not next door to Dayton. You're going to you're going to have a little bit of a drive. Um, you know, I don't live in Middletown, but I obviously I work here um, and I absolutely love it. Uh, and it's worth the drive to come and visit. The pizza is going to be worth worth the drive. Um, the beer definitely is worth the drive. Uh, but it is about the culture here. Right. So. I think that's kind of what makes it special, though, too, is that it can it can still exist in its own little bubble that is Middletown. <clears throat> yeah, and not, for sure. Not take on too much influence from the the outside world. A right. lot of people from Dayton come through. You know, when we're sitting there drinking. There's a lot of people that come in off the Dayton Beer Trail. Yeah, and every time we come in, there's somebody new. You know, from Dayton or from Cincinnati. And I found or, you on the Ale Trail, and right. they don't wait till next year's book to come out. They keep coming back. Yeah, which is what we wanted. Um, I, I wish Cincinnati had their ale trail again, but because uh, we could be part of both. But but we do get a lot of Cincinnati folks. I know our pumpkin ale when mm. it comes out. Last year they had. Uh, unfortunately, I was out yeah, of the. I think I'm gonna have to start brewing that like yeah. next week. <laughs> and we're very fortunate that again, there's enough business just in the city limits of people that are willing to spend money. Uh, a lot of people do not realize there's a lot of old money in Middletown from right. third, fourth generation, AK, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. people living in their great, great grandmother's house. There's a ton of neat. They got paid here. off 20 years ago. <laughs> right. So <laughs> there's a lot of people who are living their best life up here and having a great time and, and will come and spend money and come three, four times a week, you know, not think right. anything about that. And that's awesome that we can be living our own little bubble of Mayberry, um, and we, we appreciate people from Cincinnati Dayton coming in. I love Absolutely. that. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, shit, final words. Uh, what do I want to say? Come, if you haven't been to the OG location, then maybe this coming weekend, if you're listening to this it on has Monday. To, it'll be this weekend. It'll, I bet it'll probably get, be the last one. If you get the building keep, permit keep tomorrow. Keep an eye on, on, on When we Facebook. get the building Nikki. permit well, tomorrow. We're, okay. <laughs> we're manifesting. We're when manifesting. The, Nikki's the, shaking her head. She's going to keep everyone updated. So. When the building permit happens. She's on her phone paying somebody off right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that kind of money left. <laughs> sad but true. <laughs> Three slices of pizza and a six-pack of beer. Come. <laughs> uh, Come up, uh, see First Avenue if you haven't. You don't have long. Then come see Manchester, see the difference, appreciate the difference. Um, and then you can talk to me about floors over there. You can talk to me about <laughs> walls over here. Um, and then I'll, I'll take you around and show you all the different species of wood that is making up this tap room and how I built tables, how I built bar tops, uh, how I poured epoxy, how we epoxied floors, just how we hung doors. It was just a constant four or five week rush of just general cobbling things together cleaning and construction it was just Wes is I'm gonna give Wes a little shout out here because uh, enough to take away from Jeremy next door but Wes has been an amazing 
attribute to this. We, he, without him, this wouldn't have happened. He's built everything. So he's not just a brewer. He is. He's a machine. I, and I say it well, all the now time. He's get all full of That's himself. fine. No, he, and unfortunately, <laughs> he does not. But he's probably one of the smartest human beings I've ever encountered. So it's not just about the beer with him. This is a labor of love for him. She, she, I got her with my can filler. That's what did it. It was. Uh, it was I, the it's the servos. It was the servo. Man. Yeah. <laughs> and the python. Your python is sexy. I showed her my code. <laughs> Your python is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> From me, that's a compliment. A there, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a programming language for any children listening. <laughs> I don't know how many children listen to this show. You gotta Dad, get the numbers up. That's right. Well, I I appreciate you guys taking the time out to uh, uh, to sit down with me. It, it means a lot. I am so thrilled to see this coming coming to life and to watch how people kind of. Uh, how they grow into it and force you guys to keep growing. Yes. Yes. And bring not, it on. You're not done yeah, with all of this, that's for sure. It's only going to keep evolving, and uh, I love it. Thank uh, you. Subscribe to the show if you don't already. Share with your friends. Uh, go to thegnarlygnome.com slash support if you want to give me money. It helps. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. You can also give me money. I'll and, take yeah, money. We'll, we'll take, take money. money. Yeah. <laughs>